Hey, what's shaking? I'm Lee McCormick. This is Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 53. Tunnel of Love, album review, side two. The second part in a two-part episode, reviewing the eighth studio album from Bruce Springsteen. It's week three of Tunnel of Love month at the podcast. Craig Smith and Randy Hall join me to give our thoughts on the album and dig in deep song by song. Craig Smith is from the Pods and Saws Network, who, along with Eric Miller, lead many different music podcasts, focusing on diverse artists and clever topics. Find them at iTunes and podsodcast.com. Randy Hall with his co-host, Handsome Dan Menard, have that dandy classic music hour. Their show is an hour-long podcast, two friends playing tunes, telling some jokes, talking about music. Have a listen at iTunes and at thatdandyclassicmusichour.com. Two of my favorite podcasts, these guys, so check them out. Stay updated, in touch, and interactive with this show via the Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, Bruce Springsteen Podcast, and on the website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a review and a rating, and all that stuff. Beauty. All right, cool, good stuff. So thanks for tuning in to this show. Thanks for being part of Tunnel of Love Month. Here's our review of Side 2. A tunnel of Love. So, you know, I guess basically, let me think, I, I recorded, I have a little garage apartment that I put, uh, I had a 24-track digital tape player that I bought quite a while ago. And uh, I put, I just set it up in the garage apartment. I mean, there's no, it's not really a studio. It's just, if you walked in, it's an apartment. <laughs> and there's, there's just a big board at one end of it. And the tape deck is in the kitchen. And... Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun. And then there's mics in, like, the little living area. And that was basically, that's how I recorded the whole record there. You know, the technology has gotten so good. I mean, there's no baffles, there's no there's no soundproofing, there's no anything. It's just a tape machine and, and the two microphones. And I had some synth- synthesizers. And... Uh, Record a lot of it with the windows open and the cars going by, and for some reason it didn't it didn't pick up on the tape. It was funny. It was you know so it was just me and one other guy, me and Toby Scott, the fellow that does my engineering, and we go out there. I go out there about I get up in the morning. I tried to plan my day out real careful. Get up, I try to do something physical. I'd run or or go to the gym or. Uh, uh, you know, do something like that. Then I'd come back in the afternoon. I'd go up from about one to six. I would go and I would work, and at six I would stop and I would go in the house and I would, you know, uh, we'd have dinner and uh, relax, and, and that was basically what it was. You know, that was the record was made very quickly in about I think two or three weeks. Uh, the the main body of songs and stuff was recorded fast, and the yeah. the part the garage apartment's about a two minute walk from my main house and. It's not uh, your wife has to come drag you out and make you have dinner or anything. No, uh, at six I stop, it. you know. <laughs> that was really hard to do because cause then when she would go away, I would be here till midnight. <laughs> All right, instantaneous, automatically, like, I I revert, like, you know, right back to, like, oh, what time is it? Oh, it's, yeah, it's 1.30, all right, one more, you know. So we flipped the record over to side two for the title track, Tunnel of Love. 
sitting on a little stool Takes the money from my hand While his eyes take a walk all over you Hands me two tickets, smiles and whispers good luck Well, cuddle up angel, cuddle up my little dog this song you know um, I love the odd dance groove off the top that slides into the groove laid down by the acoustic guitar and the keyboards uh, mix of drum machine and live drums where you have Max playing some stuff like toms and cymbals over top of this drum beat which you know it, it, it's impossible the drum beat you hear is 16th notes on the hi-hat and there's some couple of snare uh, double cracks there but it's impossible for a drummer with two arms to play that so it's definitely drum machine stuff with some you know percussion overdubs you know just great lyrics on this one talking about the destructive relationships that you have with uh, between falling in love when you're young and then growing old together and how time can change how you perceive you know a relationship how love can cloud, cloud your mind and your heart uh, how you can lose each other it's got that line uh, it's easy for two people to lose each other in the tunnel of love Entering that tunnel of love being a you know a metaphor for entering into a relationship or a marriage or something like that, unaware of where you, it's going to lead. Yeah. Twelve, I, I I could see the uh, the double entendre in this title. Right. I'll just... Well, some of us saw it at five because we own the Gene Simmons record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I yeah I knew I knew what he was talking about. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Lee, everything you said, you know. I think you stated all that well, and I'm glad you guys are here because uh, you guys are musicians and you can lend that perspective. I lend the perspective of a guy who just listens to a lot of music and always has. And, you know, I, I don't, I wish I was a musician. I'm not. So I'm glad that you guys are here to, to fill in those those gaps. Lee's a musician. I'm hardly a musician. Oh. Jeez. All... I mean, you've already you already been spitting music theory at us. I, I know theory. I just can't, I can't play it. I know how it's put together. I just can't. I can't execute it. You're like a coach. You're like a coach in sports. Like you. Can't yeah, kind play. of. I could tell people what chords to play. <laughs> there you go. That's just as, that's just as far and as deep as we want to analyze. But the you know the end result is like is it pleasing to your ears, right? And that's the yeah. thing, right? And. Uh, you know, I love the there's a there's a killer guitar solo on this by Nils Lofgren. This is where Nils makes his appearance on the record. Story by Nils. He said that you know he was passing through New Jersey and he decided to say hello and check in with his boss. You know, so uh, Bruce told him that he had a track going and that maybe he could swing by and take a poke at the solo. Bruce had recorded this kind of raw rocking guitar solo on it and he wasn't happy with it. He wanted something fancy, something slick some sort of clean modern sound some finesse and like Nils had all of that so uh, you know Nils really you know takes it to a new level with the guitar solo in this mm. accomplished yeah some good carnival sound effects you know roller coasters and stuff like that um, yeah. yeah some great I, great uh, background vocals by Patty I love the little breakdown part there and uh, you know with Patty's vocals soaring and you're taking all of my notes <laughs> alright we'll jump in there Craig what do you got on this man I'm going to repeat stuff you said. <laughs> great minds, um, brother. Great minds. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, this has got to be my favorite Springsteen song. Uh, although there are a few others, uh, I guess, on this record that flow pretty close to it. But, man, what a, what an opening. Goddamn. I love every oh, sound yeah. effect and patch in this song. It's magnificent. It's just perfectly, perfectly put together. Um, 
the, the end of the bridge, you had mentioned the line, it's easy for two people to lose each other, just that the drama from that A minor to the G is just so great. Yeah. Uh, the breakdown, again, so many layers in this, so much excitement, so many twists and turns. The, the falsetto coda at the end against the guitar, kind of just like screaming and squealing out yeah. that line. Yeah. Like this is, oh, oh my God, it's... <laughs> It's so fucking great. Oh, it's so great. This is the th yeah, this is the kind of Springsteen that I want more of. Like I think that this is and people will will probably piss on this, but I think it's his greatest achievement. I think this is incredible. Masterpiece. I will put this in my top five Bruce Springsteen songs. I think I I think Randy, you asked me this on your show at the National Rock and Pod, and I might have thrown this one in my top five. I love this song. Oh, it, it definitely deserves that kind of esteem. Um mm -hmm. I'd have to check the tapes, Lee, to be, to be perfect. <laughs> I love that line. There's that line. There's a crazy mirror showing us both in 5D. I'm laughing at you. You're laughing at me. You know, it's kind of showing how two people that are, you know, in love can see them each other in very different ways when you're in your relationship, you know, like very unflattering ways as well. Mm -hmm. The imagery in this song is so great. I think the, I think the lyrics are spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so great. I'm in, I'm in from when he says, Black man sitting on a little stool takes a mud from my hands while his eyes take a walk all over you. Wow. I mean, to, to back up your point, immediately you're thrown into like a carnival atmosphere. And this guy's like, not only is he giving you details, he's giving you good details. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, wow. Roller coasters I mean, in the background. Like that moment probably took, took about one second in real time. But the way he describes it is is like how a great author would set up a scene. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and absolutely. So I I gotta uh, echo just about everything you guys said. Um, I mean every everything in here I I enjoy. And if you're into the details of of crafting a song, uh, there's a there's a bunch of details in here to find if you're looking for them. It's it's just I said the tasteful guitar solo. That's that's our boy Nils right there. Um, so good, yeah. and this is, this is the one song on the album. I would say it sounds like it was made with the radio in mind. I can't say too many more of these were made with the radio specifically in mind, but I can see him putting his best foot forward to at least have one song the public could uh, grasp onto. And it's weird that brilliant disguise, which I, which we'll get to in a minute, but, and I love, but I, it's brilliant disguise was a bigger hit than this. And this wasn't on his original greatest hits album. Yeah, well, this was I, a this was a top ten. Brilliant Disguise went to five. This one went to number nine. Both singles were me. both singles were released in October. He released uh, Brilliant Disguise October third. Tunnel of Love came out on the seventeenth, which is odd, God. but uh, maybe that has something to do with two singles being on the charts at the same time. And I and I think that like when he did Human Touch, the actual track Human Touch. Uh, I think that's as close as he's ever come to Tunnel of Love again in writing a song like this, although it'd be like a poor man's Tunnel of Love. Yeah, Bruce ends it with some gospel telling us, uh, you know, you've got to learn to live with what you can't rise above if you want to ride on down in through the Tunnel of Love. Like the, You want to talk about economy of lyrics. Like all, Every lyric in here is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's flawless. This it, entire lyric it, it puts you. It paints the scene, and it's a metaphor for like a bigger, you know, life picture. You know, this one should have been top five. I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't. Should have been number one. Hell yeah. yeah! I mean, 
what was it going to beat out? Don't you want me by Jody Watley or <laughs> great video too? video him. Like, you know, he's like in an abandoned building or something like that, playing his guitar. And you just see the pain on his face as he sings and, you know, close ups. And there's, you know, flashing the shots at like carnivals and amusement park. And it looks like, looks like maybe like Atlantic city boardwalk or something like that. Yeah. Know. Dark maybe, shadowy, Yeah, dark shadowy. I think it was nominated for five MTV video awards that year, you know, Coincidentally, all lost to Jody Watley. <laughs> Don't you want me, Craig? Like I want. Let's let's calm down. I told you I'd I'd be on your podcast anytime. Let's calm down. Cross them along. I suppose the pop love song has tended to be, uh, you know, romantic. You know, in a a little bit of a one-dimensional sort of sort of way. Not everybody's Elvis Costello's written tremendous, you know, yeah. uh, love songs. Um, Dylan did, you know. Uh, um, but in general, I think people's impression of it is more sort of uh, a little on the one-dimensional side. So mainly, I, I said, well, if I'm going to write this type of music, I want it just to be three-dimensional or multi-dimensional and take in all sides of the emotions involved, you know. Um, I wasn't trying to write a record that was particularly dark or bright or, or one thing or another. To me, the record is affirmative. Faith is essential and so is doubt, you know. It's like, you gotta have, you're not gonna go anywhere with just one of those things. You sort of need both things, you know. And, you know, I think that the faith, whether it's in your a relationship or, or in your own experience or life pushes you onward and doubt in some fashion tempers the faith makes it realistic and pragmatic and uh, uh, makes you question yourself and and uh, just sort of investigate what you're doing so you can do it better down the line hopefully you know um, so to me the record was really um, I mean, there was, there was certainly doubt in it, you know, but I, I don't know anyone who's in any relationship who doesn't have that feeling or any of the feelings that are on the record, I don't think, you know. It's the same thing night on night Who's wrong, baby, who's right Another fight and I slam the door Another battle in that dirty little war All right, next song is Two Faces. I met a girl and we ran away. I swore I'd make her happy every day. And how I made her cry Two faces apart I, I really, really dig this track. I love the uh, percussive kind of guitar attack, uh, starting out with the voice up front, since sneaking in here and there when the minor chords hit. That's a real nice touch. Uh, more so kind of after the bridge when 
There's a high synth mixed in there as well. Every time he hits that minor chord, it's great. The organ solo always felt a little bit out of place for me. If it was up to me, I kind of would love to hear this without uh, that and kind of the added percussion. Mm -hmm. I think that this would work better as a kind of like uh, cautious man, you know, voice and guitar kind of thing. But it's a great song. I do love this song. Yeah, another one that's close to that Nebraska kind of thing, but yeah. he's added, you know, a couple things on top, including, you know, I guess he maybe wanted something for Danny to play organ on. Well, it's funny you guys mentioned the organ because it's like a zany sounding organ, like something you hear at a ball game. I was going to say baseball organ, yeah, yeah. Farfisa or something like that. Yep. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I think you're right in saying that it's a little out of place, but it, it's cool. It's yeah. just. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it's weird. You know, a song about when you're in a relationship trying to do good, but you succumb to your old ways. It's tearing the tearing the relationship apart. You know, that angel and devil on your shoulders telling you what to do, resulting in bipolar tendencies, you know. Yep. But I, I do dig the way he ends the song. Like, he ends it with defiant strength. You know, that last verse, he says, Last night as I kissed you neath the willow tree, he swore he'd take your love away from me. He said our life was just a lie, and two faces have I. We'll go ahead and let him try. He being, I guess, that other side of his personality that's trying to tear, tear it down, you know? Definitely. Yeah, which is some heavy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about some Sybil shit. Um, I'm not a musician, I said that, but if, if I were, this would be perfect for, like, an open mic night. Um, it's, it's, it's simple yet profound, and it, it seems, obviously, it's coming from the perspective of coming to grips in a relationship something that Bruce himself struggled with even prior to being married to Julianne Phillips. So this is something like you read the book too, Lee, and I know that. Um, but like he would always say it would get to a certain point in every relationship and it would have come crashing down almost exactly the same way. Well, usually if you keep running into the, to the same asshole all day, the asshole is you. Yeah, and that's true. I guess this is Bruce's way of trying to work that out in like a song therapy kind of way. Um, but it's a good song. I mean, it's just just the, the rhythm of it and the lyrics obviously are great. Um, the pace is good. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, it, it's a good song. All right, so moving on, we go on to uh, the first single released off the record, Brilliant Disguise. a great song i love this song i would probably say this is the best song on the record you know it might not be my favorite song but i think it's the best song on the record it starts with that drum groove you know i'm a sucker for songs that start with drums uh and then the keyboard and the acoustic guitar you know lay down the groove and it's uh 
the, uh, it's the, uh, you know, that Bruce where he does a thing that the, the sus two, sus four chords, right? So he's playing, like, uh, it's in A, so he's playing. So you're playing A to the sus two, and then sus four back to the A, right? But isn't it, in the video, isn't he playing it with a capo? He plays it with a capo, so he's up at G, right? But so, Oh, is that what he, yeah, he's playing? So, so capo okay. on the second fret, play it in G kind of thing. A right? G shape, okay. Yeah. Spe and speaking of the video, cool video where it's just a one shot with a slow zoom in, right? And he's just sitting there in his kitchen playing guitar, and it's a live vocal, which is you know pretty cool. Some good face Real acting, right? He's, you can see this face is just you know, portraying that emotion, which is really <laughs> cool, you know? He does that again on uh, Streets of Philadelphia with a live vocal. True, yeah, yeah. Nice touch. I just noticed that actually sounds like, what's that fuck, What's that fuck, uh, Beatles song, uh, George Harrison? Yeah, I need help. Yeah, I need you? That's kind of similar. Yeah. You can get a lot of mileage out of uh, suspended chords. True, 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 yeah. So... <laughs> cool stuff and then like there's some subtle timpani like percussion i guess max is playing there some subtle like timpani kind of hits there every couple of bars and uh you know just a great song what a sing-along chorus you know and then the lyrics right you know, a song about being in a relationship and not really knowing the person doubting and struggling within that committed relationship you know and realizing not realizing who the person truly is and being overwhelmed with self-doubt you know, and uh, you know, even if that person could be yourself, right? Like the singer in the song even admits that he doesn't know himself. You know, he doesn't trust himself. Damn sure. But Craig, you've done covers of this. Correct? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I might have heard that. That's on that Tunnel of Love episode, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think it's playing in the background when we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to play the song uh, at open mics, and uh, I guess around 95 I was gigging doing acoustic gigs and this was part of my set repertoire yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't play it as well as lee just did <laughs> but yeah it's probably you know one of bruce's greatest love songs ever written you know self-awareness you know that the impossibility of truly knowing someone you know uh it's got that amazing last line i love how the the song ends kind of on a verse that doesn't finish it just kind of fades out right he's got that line yes tonight our bed is cold i'm lost in the darkness of love and then that, that heavy line, God have mercy on the man who doubts what he's sure of. <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's so good. Yeah, how do you like, There's nothing to say after that, right? Like, No, I, just, I love how he leaves you hanging with that half a verse there. Yeah, because he's like, even though I realize that, you know, I realize what's going on, you know, I don't trust myself. Like, there's a side of me that it could come out. Like, and, and if that happens, like, God have mercy on my soul, you know, like, <laughs> whatever happens. It's like a dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah, this song is that, I mean, it's got one of the best choruses in, in Bruce Springsteen's whole catalog, maybe. For sure, yeah. I just, like, it, it gets stuck in your head for days uh, when you get on that brilliant disguise train. Um, Perfect. It makes sense that it was a hit. It's just, at the time, like, Bruce Springsteen comes out, and this got to number five, as you said. Right. And you... you Think that Tunnel of Love, which was the more slick sounding song in a slick sounding era, this one is what cut through to the public more for some reason. But um, it's just it's such a dynamite song 
uh, the piano, like you already mentioned, the timpani, but there's like a lot of stray piano in there that adds uh, like a, a shade to the song. That's cool. Little flourishes kind of throughout. I think that's Roy. Roy was playing piano on that. Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of Roy's moment on the record is the brilliant disguise piano. I gotta say, this song is how how most people must feel at some point in the relationship. But uh, I think my favorite couplet here is when he says. Now you play the loving woman, I'll play the faithful man, but just don't look too close into the palm of my hand. Like, hey, look, you know, there, I know you love me, but there's certain things you, you probably don't need to know about me. Oh, it's awesome. It blows me away. And it's, and it's even like the, the studio version, which we're talking about, is, you know, it's Bruce doing all the background vocals, but all the subsequent live versions, it's always a feature with him and Patty, right? Like, he doesn't play this song if Patty's not on stage with him. I don't think, mm -hmm. and it's a big feature in his uh, his current Broadway show. Is a moment where he brings Patty out to sing this one and Tougher Than the Rest together. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. It's almost worth eight hundred dollars, huh? <laughs> oh. I listened to your show you did with Jesse Jackson on set lusting Bruce, and when you guys said what it cost to go to that, I'm like, I love Bruce Springsteen, but damn, he better be hanging out with me for eight hundred fucking dollars. Yeah, seriously. Who do you think he is, Gene Simmons? No, no But I heard that's kind of just standard for Broadway shows. Like, aren't Broadway shows are usually like a thousand bucks a seat, no matter what you go see, like Hamilton or any of that stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that stuff's. Is there no cheaper seat than than the eight hundred dollars? I'm not sure. I haven't. Maybe I think you can get maybe a four hundred. Sometimes you see some come up for four hundred dollars balcony seats, maybe or day ofs, or I don't. I'm not sure though. I haven't. I got scared away. Even four hundred bucks is too expensive for me, man. Because I think Brian Jacobs saw this, and oh. I'm, I'm going to slap the shit out of him next time I see him if he paid that to see this. <laughs> uh, I th he told the story on the show. I think he, I think his brother hooked him up, but I'm not sure what the Oh, okay. Guy. So uh, I, I couldn't remember exactly yeah. what it was. I'm not okay. sure what the financial situation was, though, with it all. <laughs> no, I, it, it, I'm sure it's good, but, uh, you know, for 800 bucks, I want to, I want at least front row for the entire E Street band. Yeah. Is it, how many times have you guys seen Bruce Lock? I've seen ten shows over my concert I, going I think, years. I saw them twice. I think you can see eight. I think you can see eight to ten shows for eight hundred dollars. Probably, yeah. Real shows, anyway. For sure. All right, so let's go on. Next, we go on to the uh, another single off the record, uh, "One Step Up." Morning, the house was cold. Checked the furnace, she wasn't burning. Went out and hopped in my old fold. Hit the engine, but she ain't turning. Giving each other some hard lessons lately. We ain't learning. We're the same sad story, that's a fact. One step up and two steps back. Uh, this one haunts me. It, like when I was first uh, got the cable, as I mentioned early in the episode, this was, must have been the current single uh, because I remember watching this video on VH1 very, very specifically. And I'm like, what is he doing? Um, but it, like you can, as an older adult, you can really tell like the personal struggle that he's coming to grips with here. And I, I can, like, see a Dwight Yoakam or a Randy Travis covering this easily. Yeah, very country vibe on this one, for sure. 
Absolutely. Well, that first uh, verse where he's just like, woke up this morning, my house was cold, the furnace wasn't burning. Like, that's country lyrics, right? Jumped in my hold for <laughs> the engine wasn't turning. Like, that's as country as you get, right? Yeah. Down and out. I mean, honest to God. But uh, the, the, the lyric that sticks with me is like, when I look at myself, I don't see the man I wanted to be. Don't, don't say you're not a musician. <laughs> don't beautiful. tell Dan. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that where he says he slipped off track and then he goes one step up and two steps back. That's like really satisfying payoff when he when he hits that. And the electric guitar work in this one is really good too. It's understated and it just serves the song so perfectly. Yeah, it sort of swir swirls around that acoustic guitar is kind of holding down the, the groove with the arpeggiating chords. And then like Bruce playing some lead guitar just kind of swirls around it. You get this kind of circular rhythm thing going, especially with the drum groove, the drum beat. It's got the circular rhythm for the entire song and just kind of moves, kind of like your head's kind of spinning around, you know? It, I mean, it's, it, it suits the mood of what he's going for when, when he does that. And like Patty's background vocals are real ghostly at the end with like a real kind of unsettled feeling. But yeah, they're just trading off that one step up, two steps back line back and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've been married for nine years now and I mean, my wife doesn't listen to my podcast, so I could, you know, I'll just be honest. Like, there's times you just out in the world and you're tempted. I mean, it's just, and Bruce Springsteen, a guy who's famous, and he's never, you know, he was a known philanderer yeah. prior to marriage. Like, this this really, it's like he's putting himself way out there. So, I, I respect that about well, him. Well, he's, he's realizing his faults, right? Like, this record is all about, like, coming to terms with your real self and realizing your self-doubts and how you handle failure, regret, disappointment. You know, the realization that hope is empty, that no matter if you hope for love, there's a chance it's not gonna, you're not gonna make it, you know? Like, he, even that last verse, like, I always talk about Bruce in his last verse, and he talks about as he tries to move on with someone new, he's still haunting his dreams by this failed relationship and shortcoming. Very human. Uh, that's what I got on it. Yeah, and you talked about the video, too. The video is kind of cool. It's him playing, like, solo on a like a sound stage and then there's shots of him in a bar alone kind of like he's contemplating like this girl that he sees in a bar right and then there's there's these black and white images of these hands clasping and like coming apart right and you see there's a wedding ring on one of the fingers right and these these hands that are you know they're not quite making it together really hit his wife hard too because i mean that's right in the middle of their their marriage really falling apart while he's out on tour with patty falling in love with her so. I, wonder what, I wonder what she thinks about this record in hindsight, eh, Julianne Phillips? I wonder if uh, it's tough to be on such on such a part of something so deep, right? Even, even on the, the credits, the very last credit is thanks, Julie, right, on mm. this record. Yeah. What about you, Craig? What do you think? Uh, another favorite track. Um, probably one of my favorite guitar figures on this record. I'm a sucker for uh, the bass note moving around a pedal to chord and kind of gives it that that kind of drony quality that's that's just awesome another home run lyrically as you guys have said uh the guitar again i love the distance of the lead guitar how atmospheric it is uh after the verse and again the 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 instrumental ending just kind of it's over a minute of just falsetto and that chord progression like i could just listen to that over and over i think this is just another another home run i mean if 
if the pop charts were, I, this should have done better on the adult contemporary charts. I would think, you know. Well, this was this is one of the ones that I would always hear like on my dad's radio station and you know grocery shopping and stuff like that. <laughs> Picking up your prescriptions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is just the it's just a really good adult contemporary song. Real good. Yeah, everyone can relate, man. Like one step up, two steps back. Like you, you're trying, but uh, something's always knocking you down. Yeah, uh, he he picked the. I mean. He, he picked the right songs for the singles, and I can't always say that about him. Yeah, absolutely. But he, yeah, he definitely I agree. The, the best ones to release to the public. So next song we have is "When You're Alone." Times were tough, and love was not enough. So you said, "Sorry, Johnny, I'm gone, gone, gone." You said my act was funny, but we both knew what was missing, honey. So you lit out on your own now that. Pretty form that you've got, baby We'll make sure you get along But you're gonna find out someday, honey When you're alone, you're alone When you're alone, you're alone When you're alone, you're alone When you're alone, you I think this was a step down from what was coming before it. Uh, not a, not a huge favorite. Again, wouldn't skip it. Um, it's uh, I, I kind of like the uh, the change ups happening on the chords towards the end of the song on the chorus. Um, but it's not it's not a favorite. Yeah, this one's you're like looking back on failed relationships, realizing that you know when love goes, it's really gone. You can never yeah. really get that back. And sad as that is you know even even as you move on that old flame can still ignite and burn inside you but you know the cruel truth is that it's over you know once love goes it's fucking gone right so this is another one there's no intro on this uh, starts with a vocal on the first verse you know this is this is clarence's only contribute contribution to the record was uh he brings in a bunch of the e street guys uh clarence nils and patty to sing with them on the last voice last uh Horses out there, you know. Yeah, that build-up is nice. Yeah, and that's where you get some of that subtle soul vibe that I was talking about. That kind of creeps in here with those background vocals. Yeah, I always wondered if maybe the reason that I kind of thought that it was, uh, I, to use pun, a step down, because it comes after what it does. Like I yeah. feel like uh, one step up is a real hard track to follow. For sure. Yeah. And I. I think that any song that's going to have, you know, the number 11 position is going to be unlucky there. Yeah. Well, like on this tour, he didn't play the last two songs, I guess. So maybe that, that maybe Bruce agreed with you. Yeah, he's maybe. just winding down the record. He's kind of just summing it up. He's kind of, you know, this is just a song, you know, he's kind of putting it all together. And these, these last two songs kind of are, are similar in that tone, that theme, I think. Yeah. I, I think one, one Step Up would have been a great side ender. I think that... You know, given the the mostly mellow sound on this record, I think that 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 ending that kind of just loops that progression over and over again would have been an incredible way to end a side, if not the album. Uh, you know, so it's I, I've always felt that these last two kind of just had unfortunate placement. Yeah, it might might have worked. To, what what if they switch sides, right? Like side two is side one. Like the record opens with Tunnel of Love, and then you switch like. Uh... So you switch like one step up to the clothing of uh, side one. That might work good. I, I think that you'd have a real front-heavy record. Yeah. 
but it would be a great, I think it would be a great sequence side. If you did that, you could lose Ain't Got You and throw in like Be True somewhere in here too. Yeah. Be True is a hell of a good song from this era. You hit all the B-sides, haven't you? Yeah. Well, well, Be True is actually, that, that was like a song written from 1980 that wound oh. up. Yeah, so that was like a river outtake, Be True. I don't know why that song didn't make it on the river. That's one of his my favorite Bruce outtakes. And that wound up as a uh, coming out around this era, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I th- that's why I always uh, equated it with Tunnel of Love because yeah, put it out. On- and he played it live on that tour, like the Tunnel of Love Express tour, which uh, we'll, I'll get into on a, on a further episode. But uh, that had more of a static set list, and he he brought out like some rarities from his past catalog, including you know Be True and Roulette that appeared as B sides, and those were part of the tour. Right. By the way, Randy, you ca- you called it Love Town in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I think that that's you too. Oh shit, my bad. Love Town tour. <laughs> European leg of their rattle and hump tour, right? Was Love Town, yeah. Yeah, you got me on that. My bad. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think of it until he just said Tunnel of Love Express, and I was like, wait a second. I remember that commercial that um, around that on era. MTV. Yeah, late era. My yeah. mom, like up in Canada, we didn't get MTV, but my mom had. One of a satellite dish somehow, and uh, it was one of those big fucking satellite dishes, like when you had to get the big twenty foot one in your backyard, right? Oh uh, yes, it was one of those, and she could get MTV, and I remember used to love going up there, and I would just watch MTV all day long. And that era, they showed that Tunnel of Love Express commercial like all the time, once an hour. Like you could, you could win a trip to. They, they would show that clip of him coming on stage with the flowers, flowers or whatever. Yeah, going to the ticket window. Yeah, the ticket window. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to look that up on YouTube and see if that's still around. What could possibly be hotter than a ticket to Bruce Springsteen's Tunnel of Love tour? A ticket into the Tunnel of Love itself. Win MTV's Take a Ticket to the Tunnel contest, and you will actually hit the stage with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and take a ticket to kick off the Tunnel of Love show. That's right, you on stage with Bruce and the band. You'll help Bruce start the show, then watch the whole concert from a VIP seat in the front row. Fly you and a friend to Bruce's show, put you up, and hand you $2,000 cash. The band worked for years to get that ticket. All you need is a postcard. Write your name, address, age, and phone number on it, and mail it to MTV's Take a Ticket to the Tunnel Contest. Post Office Box 1211, Radio City Station, New York, New York, 10101. You. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on stage in front of thousands of screaming fans. Enter now so you can take your MTV ticket to the Tunnel of Love. I wanted to see it. At, I think he did it at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Didn't he also do Pink Cadillac during this era? Pink! Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was a Born in the USA. That was on every live show of the Born in the USA tour. I'm not sure oh, if it continued on to this one. I don't think... But, uh, I'm gonna tell you, you guys are sleeping on this song. This song, Uh-oh. when you uh, is the secret weapon of the record. Really? I, yeah, I mean, to me, like it's it's so it's so hooky. I mean, I know I make fun of it because uh, he says sugar and honey too much, maybe. But <laughs> this song just really better than Mister. Yeah, Mister. I, I, I just love singing the song like to myself. You know, now I was young and pretty on the mean streets of the city. 
and I fought to make him my home, you know, and like this whole thing when you're, when he goes, when you're alone, you're alone. I mean, I, he beat you over the head with it. It's, granted. Yeah. It's very country. It sounds great. It would be a good country single for somebody. Clint yeah. Black has taken this to number one of the country charts. For sure, yeah. That's true. And it's a catchy well, sing-along about, you know, like a sad topic, right? I'm not saying it's the greatest song on the album or anything, but I, I think this one is definitely one that uh, sneaks up on you how good it is. I, I've always enjoyed this song. Like, when I was getting into this album in general, like, this was always one that I looked forward to. And I do agree with you, Craig. It's hard to follow one step up. Yeah. But I think it would have been a real come down if you would have followed it with uh, the last song. Um, oh, agreed. I, I just don't think it should be followed. And you just can't follow that song. Yeah, Some songs you just can't follow it no matter what you got. That, that's true. It ain't no hard feelings or nothing. That's hey, <laughs> Lee, what song comes before Glory Days on Born in the USA? Uh, Dancing in the Dark? Yeah, see? You, you can't follow Dancing in the Dark, and you shouldn't. <laughs> They'll pass you by Glory Days. Randy's trying out for something. He's a lot of vocals in this episode. Yeah, good <laughs> country tones. You've been down in you've been down in Tennessee too long, there, Randy. Yeah, I think he's looking for like a cover band to join or something. That's why it hit me that how country this album is is living around here, being with Row all the time. You know, you get you, you kind of like, oh, how'd I miss this in you know 1995? It's very country. Oh, I'm wrong. Uh, Glory Days comes after. I'm going down, down, down. Oh, I don't think you can follow that either. Dancing in the Dark follows Glory Days. I had it backwards there. See, Glory Days is a song you can follow. <laughs> when, when I Bruce in 08, I'm going down was the was the sign song he did. And uh, it was actually pretty good. Nice score. That's a good one. Yeah, that's not one he does too often. So, at any rate... All right, so let's go on to the uh, last song in the album, which is uh, Valentine's Day. feel on this kind of thing um it's different for the album you know a somber way to close the record kind of summon the album up the thoughts you know confessing comparing heartbreak to death there's that line they say if you die in your dreams you really die in your bed but honey last night i dreamed my eyes rolled straight back into my head you know he's trying to hold on to romance and love because he's gonna die without it that's like the one thing that's keeping him going it's even got that last line it's got uh so hold me close honey say you're forever mine tell me you'll be my lovely valentine you know, it's kind of a heavy way to end and sum up the record. Is it lovely, Valentine? I thought it's lonely. Did I say lovely? Uh, I thought you did. Yeah, uh, 
You you may. It oh, I might have said like, that. Said yeah, I might, I might, so hold me close, honey. Say you're forever mine. And tell me you'll be my lonely Valentine. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah so difference. Yeah. Very big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Casual vocal delivery on this, like no backgrounds. You know, he's not even really singing hard on this. Like he's not really. Well, not hard, but he's not felting it out. You know, it just sounds like a reminiscent of a guy just kind of speaking casually. He's finally coming to understand the thing that he's gonna take with him. You know, he, he realizes the thing that's most important with him, and that's you know this girl that he wants to take in his head and his heart. You know, I don't know that I have a, a whole lot to say. I think that it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a good song to end on. It's uh, I, I do love the uh, the three the three feel and kind of like the uh you know the bass is you know running up the first the third and then the fifth of each chord it's uh just an interesting kind of like i don't know if shuffles the right word but it kind of like kind of keeps it going it, it it gives the gives me a feeling of like slow momentum and uh great lyrics i think it's i think it's a really good good closer Maybe it's because of the very first lyric of the song I say this, but it seems like a, a ride down the Lazy River Springsteen. Like it's, it's just real, it's almost like a waltz shuffle. Well, yeah. yeah, Lazy River is a good good visual. <laughs> and it, it, like you guys have already said, it just seems like apropos for the mood of the record in general. Yeah. Uh, and I do like, I like the way he uses the keyboard in here again. I think the, the way that he programs his keyboard or plays his keyboard really uh you know takes this song up a notch where it could have been even more of a downer it kind of adds some levity to things mm-hmm. um it kind of gives the ear something to listen to and it's got does that is that flamenco guitar that's kind of hidden in the mix too uh i don't know if it's flamenco he's probably just it's it's this is another, similar to the first song ain't got you this is uh you know bruce on everything so he's probably just whittling on some acoustic guitar, you know, behind there. It's cool. I, I, I like what he's doing as far as, uh, like, the the things that aren't in the foreground, the things that are in the background are actually kind of interesting. Right. So, and you guys already touched on, on the lyrics um, pretty well there. It wasn't, oh, okay. It wasn't the cold river bottom I felt rushing over me. It was the bitterness of a dream that didn't come true. It wasn't the wind in the gray fields I felt rushing through my arms. No, baby, it was you. No, that's kind of a, yeah. a heavy here. Yeah, he's so. summing it up like all the everything in his, all of his problems and all of his joys are like, it all comes down to this. Yeah. You know, this love, this woman. And just the way he said, baby, it was you. There he is, he strikes again. <laughs> Hopefully if you write a good record or any good work of art, uh, or a good piece of music is, is, a, is like a well, you know, and people can go to it for for you know fun or or you know sustenance or some faith or some uh, companionship and and it can speak to who they are now in their lives you know and that was what I was what I, that was my main concern that was the main thing I wanted the record to do and then I wanted hopefully I felt it would find its audience and uh, I understood that you know it's possible that Maybe parts of my real young audience wouldn't connect with it, but that's okay because I'll make other records and I've made other records, and and maybe they would, you know, because uh, I think the complexity of those feelings is is present even when you're very young, you know. All right, so that's the Tunnel of Love record, uh, one of my favorite records. So now let's uh, let's each pick our 
our favorite and least favorite off off the record. So least favorite first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cautious, man. I guess. You know, I like every song. That's saying I love every song on this record. This, that's just the one that's kind of. I don't know. It's just a little lackluster than the other ones for me. Cautious, man. What Gotta listen to it on. Headphones, you're saying, is the way to listen to it, eh? Put it, put it on headphones and really get get in sync with it. You well, might, you might. Yeah. Well, when, when I was on the uh, BJ's rocking or roll uh, worst of episode, he did worst of Bruce in the '80s, and I picked Cautious Man as one of the worst '80s tracks, just because there's so many '80s tracks that I love. Right? It's hard to pick five bad ones, and you know, as I was starting, calm to an- down. <laughs> As I was starting to analyze the song, I was, you know, starting to dig it more, so I had to stop analyzing it for that show, you know. <laughs> so what about you, Craig? Least favorite song on this record, if you had to pick one and take it uh, off. If, if it's least favorite, I'm going with Ain't Got You, but if it's uh, in terms of, like, sequencing, I'd kick off Spare Parts. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, depending on, on what the actual question is, if it's least favorite, Ain't Got You. Right. Just not enough there. Yeah, reach across the aisle, Craig. I agree. Yeah. Ah, nicely done. I don't think it's a terrible song by any means. Yeah, I don't think there's any any songs on here that are offensive by any means. All right, so uh, favorite song on the record for me uh, is Tough Choice. You know, it could flip-flop. One day it could be tougher than the rest. One day it could be Brilliant Disguise. But uh, most days my favorite track has got to be the title track, Tunnel of Love, which, uh, you know, I can't hear that song enough i love it i love the all the effects that we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the track itself it's one of my favorite songs i love that video when it got played all the time back there in 87 a quick little story i saw springsteen one of the closing shows of the rising tour 2003 played darien lake and i went down there with a friend and we tailgated in that parking lot before the show and it was you know a venue where you could hear them sound checking and that day uh, the band started sound checking tunnel of love and uh so we got to hear them sound check that song for about an hour in the parking lot. Wow. And I don't think Bruce had played that maybe since this tour up at that point. And uh, so I was stoked that he was going to play that song. And that night he opened the show with Tunnel of Love and then he went right into Brilliant Disguise. So that two shot right to kick that show off was Oh, was you saw that show. I saw that show was amazing. Yeah. Tunnel of I, Love. I remember. Right into Brilliant Disguise. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that show because uh, I saw Springsteen on that tour also in Philly. And so even though I wasn't a fan, I was kind of following the set list and stuff just because I have interest in that kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember that show and I was like, holy shit, now that's the show I would have wanted to have seen. Yeah, that was a great Did show. Did he still do Mary's Place? Did you have to sit through Mary's Place? Yeah, that was, the, that was the bathroom break. Yeah, Yeah. okay, I'm sorry about that. And I think we got a 12-minute version of Glory Days for the Onco, which was... Uh... Holy shit. <laughs> Did they throw any other chords in there? <laughs> None were needed, man. You can do it on two or three. Oh, no. Come on. You can't. You can't. (laughs) Walked out after the second song. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot how interminable Mary's Place is. Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I I think anybody uh, that that saw that tour felt that pain. Well, that was rough. The song would be tolerable if you could get it to three or four minutes, but like, you know, 12 minutes of this song? Well, you can't think that 12 minutes of Glory Days is good. I can. I can get into that stuff. Can, oh no! Come on. I can get into a 15 minute version of Ramrod, man. I can. I can. I don't even know what that means. You're speaking <laughs> another language. How can you stop? It feels good. <laughs> All right, Craig. What do you think? What's your standout track on this album? Uh, so, so many great tracks on this, but just uh, uh, 
agreeing with you just because of the, there are so many kinds of places it goes. Tunnel of Love. It's it's going to be my my pick every time. Dude, reach across the aisle. Uh oh. <laughs> Tunnel of Love, man. That's I, to me. This has this has the most tasty bits. It's about five and a half minutes of perfection. Um, I think that might have kept been what kept it from being a bigger hit was its length. Now that I think about it a little bit. Because you didn't have a lot of five plus minute songs on uh, top forty radio in nineteen eighty seven yet. So um, it'd be nineteen eighty nine until Electric Youth came around. Oh man, mm. yeah, ninety two with November Rain, Guns and Roses, really. Well, I was going for the more absurd. Is is it that long, Electric Youth? It's five oh nine, if I remember correctly. I was just trying to think of something over five minutes. Tunnel, tunnel of love, though, man. There's so much to just enjoy about that song. It holds up to repeated listening. Wait, wasn't there a single at it? Didn't didn't I? I thought that the single cut that intro off. Am I wrong? Uh, with, with all the like hydraulic brakes and stuff. Yeah, I would. Uh, there were times on the radio I remember it just starting with the keyboard and the acoustic. It could be. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. That. That. I think the the single version might have that, but maybe a shorter a shortened version of that. Yeah, that's thing what I'm thinking. Maybe. So I mean, if there was a single at it, there you know that wouldn't be an excuse for it. Not to get radio airplay, you know, they could tighten up. They could tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, but that intro is the shit, man. You got to have the. Intro. No, it is. It is great. Yeah. Especially, I could, I, could, in the- I could hear longer than I could hear two or three more minutes of that before it kicks in. Oh, you know? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I could. I could take. This is a song that deserves to be twelve minutes late. Yeah. Well, when they. Yeah, I, I agree with that. When they do it live, they. Uh, I think they prolong that intro. They jam yeah. it a bit more. Yeah. You need a twelve inch of this. Is is that what you're saying, Craig? So I'm fine with the 12-inch of Born in the USA. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Arthur Baker to get his hands on, on this record. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what Arthur Baker could do with the Tunnel of Love multi-track. I same favorite song. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, Lee sometimes has questionable tastes. Sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I'm a listener. Shadows that get so dark, brother. It's easy for two people to 
record the nature of it was I wanted it to be anti-illusion and uh, I always sit down to, to cut to try and write personally you know because uh, that seems to be when I'm at my best you know I've been lucky in that I've done I've made the records I want to make and people have liked them that I suppose is 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 lucky you know I've made all the music I like to make I play the music I love and people like it you know <laughs> so that's a lucky man my thanks to Randy and Craig for joining me for these shows on this great record, but there's still more to talk about. There's still more Tunnel of Love to discuss. I got one more episode coming up next for Tunnel of Love Month here at Tramps Like Us, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next time. So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at Tramps Like Us Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Tramps Like Us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans, for fans, and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, Please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. Little, little stool, stool Texas, Texas.
Learn from my hand while I take a walk all over you.